This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. Nabiha Iqbal's latest album, Dreamer, is a lush and atmospheric meditation on love and loss. It incorporates elements of shoegaze and dance music and weaves in instrumentation that nods to her Pakistani roots. Nabiha spoke with KEXP's Isabel Khalili about her practices with karate, poetry, DJing, and hosting a radio show, and how they all relate to her music making. They start by talking about how the album was born out of a difficult time in Nabiha's life. I understand that your approach to making this record was a bit different from past releases, more stripped down, acoustic approach to writing the songs. And that change came out of quite a difficult set of circumstances in 2020. Can you talk about what happened with your studio? At the beginning of 2020, just before lockdown, my music studio got burgled and I lost two years worth of work and obviously I learned the hard way about backing up. I hadn't backed up anything so yeah I mean I'd been working on this second album and it was almost there and then I just lost everything. So obviously it was like quite a traumatic time but then another really serious thing happens well much more serious thing really straight after that I mean, I was literally in the studio with a police officer who was doing like fingerprints. And then I got a FaceTime call from my grandma and she was just crying on FaceTime. And I was like, what's happened? And um, she told me that my granddad, who's my favorite person in the world, had had a brain hemorrhage in Pakistan. So then suddenly that whole situation eclipsed the studio. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about that anymore. I was just thinking about him. So... Me and my mum, we booked flights just like last minute and left the next day to go and see him. Luckily, he recovered, so that was good. But that situation, it makes you rethink your priorities and things. And Yeah, and then um, I actually ended up being in Pakistan for two months because the day we, we were supposed to go for a couple of weeks, but the day we were due to fly back, the Pakistani government announced this really strict lockdown and they just shut all the airports and everything. Oh. Yeah, so... Wow. Yeah, it ended up being two months there. But I mean, I don't say that in a negative way, because actually, it was a blessing in disguise. I, you know, I got to spend time with my grandparents and help my granddad get better. And um, I was also feeling really ill around that time from too much touring, I think just got burnout. And I didn't know what was wrong. But then being out there and just resting and being in the sunshine and eating good food for two months just (laughs) fixed me. That sounds yeah. very nourishing, yeah. Yeah, it was good. And then actually, like, that's also where the seeds were sown for the new album, like, as we know it now, because, I mean, I was still wallowing in the whole burglary, but then my granddad, once he was out of hospital, when I was talking to him about it, he was like, look, it's done, just move on, you got to yeah. start again. And so, um, yeah, he just wouldn't listen to me moan. <laughs> <laughs> So then I went and I just went to a local music shop and I bought an acoustic guitar and yeah and then I just started playing that and making recordings on my phone of little ideas of riffs or even vocal ideas and that really marks the beginning of of Dreamer how it turned out. So you were away from your studio and like your usual tools that you exactly. have to work with. Yeah, so it's interesting how stripping away those tools and all the layers that you had to work with actually led to a more maybe expansive sense of creation. 100%.
I also wanted to talk about the album title, Dreamer. I obviously like the music itself is very dreamy and but just knowing how many references to history and literature you tend to include, uh, I wonder if there's like another a deeper meaning to the title. Yeah, I, I took the title from from a po another poem actually by Arthur O'Shaughnessy, which is quite a famous poem. I guess like the first time I ever heard it was in the in Willy Wonka because Willy Wonka quotes it, and it's like the opening lines of it are "We are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams." But it's the first poem I've ever read that made me cry, and then yeah, dreamer. Just I feel like that word is is it's a heavy word, and it it's open to interpretation as well. And I guess for me it signifies someone or like just myself being a person who yeah who's got like aspirations or like hopes and the importance of those things when stuff feels really difficult mm -hmm. there's almost like been a negative connotation around that word in in some context of like oh you know that person's just a dreamer they aren't going to make things happen but but that it does have such an important function, like artists dreaming what what things could look like. Yeah. And it, it's like the importance of imagination, right? Because like a lot of progress or a lot of amazing creative work comes from, it's all imagination, right? Whether it's like something technical or scientific or whether it's something artistic, it all comes from imagining things and trying to be creative so uh yeah and then also I just like how he in that poem he describes musicians as dreamers because I guess like when people make music you're making a world for someone and it's transportative and it's like dreaming because when you dream you're out of your kind of like current reality I read about your karate practice and how that helps you connect with your ability to focus intensely and without distraction, which is of course a challenge for many of us these days. I wondered how you carry that focus over into your creative work. That focus is definitely in the creative work, but I also feel like that focus wouldn't be there if I didn't have all like these other physical outlets of doing karate or other exercise, um, because that one helps the other. I think and and you and then like when you've spent ages in the studio just sitting down like you need you need to move your body and you need to just like relate to your body and your physicality in a different way so for me it's like when I'm in the dojo nothing else matters like all I'm doing is just focusing on my body and my movements and my breathing and just doing everything as good as possible so that I don't get told off by my sensei <laughs> um, but yeah I mean I've been doing karate since I was five years old so basically my whole life and I love it and I've just got a lot of respect for martial arts in general and what it can give us and uh, how we can benefit from it and yeah and then that's also why when I come to Seattle for the first time I need to do a little pilgrimage to Bruce Lee's grave yeah because I just learned recently he was buried there I actually didn't yeah. know that yeah definitely an icon a Seattle icon yeah the way you were describing the way you feel with karate I feel like is is also the way people describe their creative practices sometimes or like getting completely lost in something and that being uh, a way to connect with something that's not always accessible day to day. Yeah, I wonder if, if you see that as a spiritual practice for you or 
thinking of your music making as that a spiritual practice for you? Um, I think that karate is spiritual and music is spiritual. I mean, music for sure. I feel like music is the most spiritual art form that exists because any music lover will know what I'm saying when I say that. I get feelings from music that I don't get from anything else in my life. And, um, you know, like if I had to give up human relationships so that I could keep music, I probably would because... <laughs> But then, you know, it's like this ephemeral thing, but it's something that's existed since the dawn of humanity and nobody can explain it. You know, like I feel like every musician is on this journey to get to the essence of what music is and what music means. I always think of this thing. It was like where I was one year, I went to Glastonbury and then um, like watched Radiohead perform on the Pyramid stage and it was amazing. And then I went came back to London and I was with my granddad and he always watches or he used to always watch the Glastonbury footage on BBC. And we were just watching that performance together. And, you know, it's like this band playing on the stage and like a 100,000 people in a field in the rain, all singing along. And my granddad just said, I'm witnessing the power of music. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like, what is it about music that's bringing all these like thousands of strangers together to have this collective shared experience and they all know the words and they're all experiencing it as like one whole. It's so powerful. Yeah. And I kind of love that it's still such a mystery. Like, obviously there's science, you know, people try to explain the science of what music does to your brain and, you know, people write about music, but there is always going to be this this mystery to how it makes us feel the way it does and how it connects us. Yeah, so yeah, that just shows you, it's like a higher force, for sure. Count the steps of the sun Comfort me, sweet golden one I'm lost in your mystery So gentle, so deep You left your soul on the I know you recently celebrated 10 years on NTS, which is yeah. amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Your show it makes is... me feel old. <laughs> I love your show, and I know a lot of people do. And I've learned so much from your show, too. It's not only, like, beautiful to listen to, but, like, it's educational. Oh, so good. Welcome to the show. This is Nabiha Iqbal on NTS here for the next two hours. And today is a very special show. Uh, I'll be sharing all the records that I just picked up on my recent trip to Pakistan. So it's all going to be... And I know you have a background in ethnomusicology and you bring a lot of that research to your shows and you add bits of history and context with the music you're sharing. I wondered if you could think of a like particularly interesting or memorable like rabbit hole you went down when you were researching for your show? I think maybe still one of the most popular shows that I've ever done on NTS was my Muslim jazz special. And I actually did two parts 
to that. And that show, it was Eid, I think, around the time or Ramadan or something. So I, I, I think I was like kind of doing it a bit along that theme. But I started researching um, African-American jazz musicians who all converted to Islam at some point during their career. And, you know, there's so many, like some of the most famous, most prolific, most influential jazz musicians ever all converted to Islam. And obviously the kind of socio-political wider context of that is really interesting because it charts African-American civil rights movement and just like what it meant to be a black person in America in the 60s and 70s and even now. And so, yeah, I went in deep with the research and um, played music by people that had converted and then also spoke about like the wider situation and why they converted and obviously people like Malcolm X and Nation of Islam and all of that. But yeah, I mean, I think like it was quite niche and so I think a lot of people found the research in that show really interesting. And then obviously the music was just incredible because I was playing people like Dizzy Gillespie and Khan Jamal and Larry Young and uh, Abby Lincoln, Max Roach, Grover Washington Jr., loads, Ahmed Jamal. Another really good one was the one I did about Muhammad Ali as well. I think that was cool. I because, haven't actually listened to that one. Oh yeah, that Ooh. one. I, that's the fastest I've ever put a show together, and for like it was the morning of my show, and I woke up really early that day, like maybe five or something, and I couldn't sleep. And then went on my phone, and obviously the news had come from America, like breaking news that Muhammad Ali died, and I was like, oh my god! And obviously he is just an icon for so millions of people, right? Even now. And so I was like, okay, today's show has to be about him. So then I literally within like three hours, I just did like hardcore research and found music. And I actually think like after Jesus, I feel like Muhammad Ali's got the most songs written about him because there's so many, <laughs> there's so many. So I put them all together, plus like the songs that he sang, because he also released an album. And yeah, it just felt like, I, I felt proud of that mo as a radio moment for me. Yeah. Um, I wonder if we could go out on a song from the album, if you have like a favorite you'd like listeners to hear, or if you have one that has a particular story you want to talk about. Mm, well, the one that's come into my head is Closer Lover, which is the last track on the album. And it's about somebody dying all of a sudden and someone that you have like a very close relationship with and maybe like a romantic relationship and then and then they're just gone and uh yeah there were a lot of things i was thinking about in that in that making that piece of music and yeah it's i feel like it's a good ending for the album and since we're coming to the end of the interview then it's a good ending for this as well That was Nabiha Iqbal speaking with KXP's Isabel Khalili about her new record called Dreamer.
That was Sound and Vision. Please take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and consider giving a one-time $20 donation to help support this show at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks for listening.